Hey there, podcast listener. This is John with Gen X Grown Up reminding you that we are in the midst of our Junk Box giveaway. In the December 7, 2017 show, we'll be drawing one listener's name at random who has left us a review in the iTunes podcast store. That winner will receive a big box of nerdy goodies that we've received in our subscription boxes over the last several months and a few extras thrown in for good measure. And there's no reason that winner shouldn't be you. So right now, while you're thinking about it, before you forget, head over to iTunes, search for Gen X Grown Up, and leave us a review. You'll be helping out GXG and putting yourself in the running for the junk box giveaway. Oh, and a quick reminder, you must be in North America to win. All right then, on with the show. Don't you know that you're grown up? No gates, no punts. Not allowed if you're grown up. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the JetX Grown Up Podcast. This is episode number eight, the Ocho. Wow. Eight. With me, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here, of course. Hey, how's it going, guys? We have a lot of stuff to get into. I don't have any new listener email for this episode, which just will remind you that, hey, if you do email us, you'll have our undivided attention and you will get a response. Oh, yeah. However, you know we are in the middle of our junk box giveaway, as you heard the promo at the beginning of the show, right? That's right. Oh, yeah. Just like you have our undivided attention on emails, surprisingly, we're not getting a ton of uh, reviews. I'm surprised. What I'm saying is I'm letting people know if you choose to join in and add a review, you have a high probability of winning <laughs> and it's not a huge field. Way better than the lottery. But I want to quickly give a shout out to Loose Screw and Bozelf, who are two iTunes users who left us wonderful, oh, wonderful so reviews nice. on iTunes. Yeah, Just, that was really cool. I know you're trying to win a prize and you're blowing smoke up our ass and you're being extra nice. but we... <laughs> and, and it does work, just so you know. Absolutely. <laughs> it's working great. Absolutely. Yeah, it does work. So. <laughs> but they both left really just warm and friendly and people who are enjoying the show. And it sounded sincere. I bought it. Yeah, I did too. Thanks to both of you guys. Everyone else, we still have time. December 7th is when we will draw for a winner. Right, the toy that lets you create beautiful pictures with light. So let's jump right in and talk about uh, new media, TVs and music and movies and stuff that we have been enjoying. And I think the best place to start is one of the things that, George, you were looking forward to last podcast. And I would like you to stop complaining. We never invite you to a movie because (laughs) all three of us went out last night and we saw... Justice League, right? Yep, we did. It was surprisingly fun to actually get to participate in a GXG event for the first time. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Not that we don't like to hear you talk about how you're mistreated, but hey, let's hear about Justice League. What did you think? Okay, (laughs) let's talk about Justice League. I think uh, when we said what we're looking forward to last week, you said Justice League about 20 times in a row because you're really amped up for it. I was really amped up for it. Yes, absolutely. I'm a larger DC fan than I am Marvel. I was really Looking forward to Cyborg and Aquaman. I'll admit that the one nervous thing that I had going into it was seeing a different actor playing Barry Allen. I mean, the guy was good. It was unnecessary. He was funny, but I don't think he added a different type or level of humor. Mm -hmm. Grant Gustin is, he's my Flash. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And he's the right Flash. I grew up on Barry Allen as opposed to the other Flashes, so he's the Flash that I prefer. Yeah, so overall, globally, like, so what's your gut feel about, like, you're amped, and now that you've seen it, you've had a chance to kind of let it simmer, you know, 12 hours or so meet your expectations fall short i think it fell a little bit short but i think that's due to it feels like dc is trying to play catch up to marvel in the film industry and so marvel took the time to build up to their team avengers movie they had several one character movies in place they had iron man one and two and captain america a couple of times and thor and so on so forth dc they really only had what 
two, three films. So you never got to see yeah. the backstory for Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg. Right. They were kind of all just thrown at you in this movie. It was hard to pick a character to care about. Yeah, good point. I can't say that I terribly cared about any of the characters, whether they lived or died. I mean, I do, but not... I don't know. I just did. I wasn't getting any feels in this movie. You did have one other character who had a back movie. You had Superman, but yeah, right. the stuff between him and Lois Lane and him and his mother just kind of fell Meh. flat for me. Meh. Yeah. 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 Mo, what about you? What did you uh, What did you feel about the movie overall? I enjoyed the movie, but I agree with what George is kind of saying. What you're saying is that, especially when you look at like the characters, like the Aquaman, it seems like somebody thought a lot about what his personality should be like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I didn't understand why it was that way. <laughs> yeah. Right. There yeah. was no context. Right. Yeah. Why is he this snarky whatever? What made him that way? So right now I'm like, okay, he's just kind of a jerk, you know, in a way. Right. You know, I was just looking at. <laughs> but overall, though, I mean, I think it's one of the better DC movies. Well, that's a low bar. <laughs> yeah. It's in your top four. Yeah, I mean, either been, right? <laughs> it's definitely my top four. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Afterwards, I was uh, I was really just kind of looking at George because I know he's the most critical, comic book savvy kind of person. Oh, absolutely. Comic book franchise. For me, it was fun. It wasn't a great movie, but it was a fun movie. There were cool moments in it. I don't think it's a spoiler to say it just felt like it wasn't Justice League. It was the Resurrecting Superman League. Yeah. Like, that was their whole goal. Yeah. And then once he was alive, it's like, well, we don't need you guys anymore because he's so much overpowered. Kind of like, well, Superman's back, so no need for this Justice League anymore. Yeah, really. You know, that's the thing that they've struggled with in the comic book world for years. Superman was so overpowered. How do you find villains to compare and contrast to him? How do you? find other people to be his essentially sidekicks that's what the justice league really was for years. yeah you got to find villains that actually exploit something superman can't do you know invisibility or mind messing right. with your mind or something that actually would not benefit from having strength i mean that it. was what kryptonite and the death of superman storylines were all about just finding a way to take down this <laughs> uber perfect so being. the other guys can shine right yeah so you had that in the last superman versus batman film but then you kind of do the Spock Wrath of Khan 2 scenario where you bring him back now, which is always going to happen in the comic book world. One thing I'd say, though, I think saved the movie. You could definitely tell Joss Wheaton's impact on the dialogue. You could see it, yeah. Yeah, there are lines in there that I'm like, that is definitely came from Yeah, him. you can kind of feel stuff that has his kind of like whimsy to it versus the stuff that was a little more Has stiff. his signature, right. yeah. Yeah, you know, like, what's your superpower? I'm rich. You know, I mean, that, <laughs> right. that's right. Yeah. I would bet money that that's his line. Yeah. And it lightened the movie up, I think, which was good. And I think that's really what made it a better movie. While we were talking about superheroes, I know Mo was really gung-ho about a new series called Punisher, oh, right, Netflix. Mo? Oh, yeah. yeah, big time. Unlike George, I've always been more of a Marvel person uh-huh. <laughs> as far as comic right. books. So the Punisher is like, I thought he was great. And I thought when they introduced him in the last Daredevil series, you know, he was my favorite character by far. So I was so glad that they did a series with him. And I have to say, I think I've watched the first eight episodes. How many are there? Uh, Twelve. Twelve. That's pretty normal for Netflix stuff. Okay. So you've watched two-thirds of it. Yep, I saw a big chunk of it. And let me tell you, I think they did it right. He's still the Punisher, but he's he did more character development. They did some little bit of crossover with some of the secondary characters to kind of make, mix them up. Overall, I mean, it was it's just, he's a pretty badass person. I like So it. unlike Justice League, that kind of fell a little short for George, Punisher met your expectations or maybe exceeded? 
What do you think? I, I think it met my expectations for oh, sure. That's good. Uh, my expectations were pretty high after seeing what they did with him in Daredevil. Okay. That's a pretty uh, sound endorsement. If it yeah. you had high expectations and it met them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to seeing John Berenthal as the Punisher. He did great oh. in the Daredevil <laughs> thing, and I thought he was a perfect cast at this point. Yeah, I wish we could go back in time and put him as the Punisher when they did the movies. <laughs> Just yeah. retcon the <laughs> casting and make this guy the Punisher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking about like all the modern superheroes and stuff that Just League Punisher. John, you're watching something that's actually a little bit of a blast from the past, isn't it? It kind of, yeah, it's, uh, it, it definitely has a little Back to the Future vibe because I'm a, just a 100% sucker for a time travel movie of any kind. So there's a new <laughs> series, I think it's on Hulu, uh, it's called Future Man. It's kind of a comedy, it's kind of a raunchy comedy too, in a way. Really? Okay. Remember how we talked about Thor Ragnarok was like, it was humor, but right on the ragged edge, any more humor and it would have been too much, right? Yeah. Okay, Future sure. Man is like raunchy, but right on the ragged edge of raunchy if it went any further it'd be too much but it's still enough that it's fun the concept is that there's this young man early 20s and he has not much of a life he plays video games all the time and he plays this one video game no one has beaten before and he finally beats it and when he does <laughs> people from the future Uh-oh. come back to get him because he's now the savior and he even tells them that sounds really says, familiar this, this is the last starfighter <laughs> yeah, yeah I was thinking is that. Greg involved in this I just watched last starfighter again last week <laughs> He tells the guys that come back in time to go, this is the last Starfighter. It was a movie. And they go, what's <laughs> oh, a movie? Oh, he actually acknowledges that. Oh, that's funny. What's a movie, they said? Yeah, because you're from the future, right? Their goal is go back in time and kill the man who's responsible for introducing the end of mankind. And it's the guy this young man works for. He's a scientist who's trying to cure herpes. <laughs> okay, so, uh, uh, okay, now I, I want to hit the big red button here because I'm confused. They're going back in time to stop the man who brought about the end of mankind? Cl- the, close, that- it, well, the, the end of humanity. They're like, everyone is... The end of humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and like, everyone is sterile, there are no more children, and he's like, that's children of men. And like, what are you talking about? Because they don't know what movies are. <laughs> Because uh, I was getting confused. I was like, how do these people go back in time if they're already dead? I don't... So let me tell it chronologically, and I'll try to summarize. Oh, good luck. <laughs> back in 1969, on the night of the moon landing, this young man at a frat party contracts herpes. <laughs> of course it's on the night of the moon landing. So he grows up to be a scientist trying to cure herpes. Oh, Lord. Ah. Ultimately, in the future, he does cure herpes, but that cure ends all disease, and that mutates humans? And so the fight is to go back in time to stop him from curing herpes. So in essence, they have to go back in time and stop him from getting herpes at this party. Okay. It sounds fun, but it sounds like it's sex education class for DC's Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's bad comedy, too, but it's the kind of comedy that you look at your buddy and roll your eyes and go, that was bad, haha, you laugh anyway, that kind of thing. It's fun. Right. I, I love great shows that have a lot of depth, you know, like Get Shorty or Fargo or things like that. But there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with just turn off your brain and watch a goofy light. shit. It's, it's, it's been good. I would recommend I'm going to finish watching it, I think. Okay, so cool. I'm definitely going to check it out, too. It sounds fun. I, I think so. I, th- I think it's I think worth your time. No harm, no foul. You don't like it? Don't keep watching. But I think the pilot's funny. Yeah, at least. I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I'm part of an original crowd. And if you look around these days, there seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze. I'm wondering if anybody out there has gotten anything new to play around with. I tell you, something that I've been into, because basically my family is pretty big on the whole genealogy, tracing back family tree, that kind of thing. Okay. Is I actually tried out a couple of those online things where you send them your DNA and they give you back your profile. No, really? Yep. You did like the little cotton swab thing or something? Uh, you have to spit into a 
tube, which is kind of gross. Oh. But, oh, thank God. Thank God it was spit. <laughs> yeah, it was just spit. Just spit. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, I did two of them. One is Ancestry.com. The other one I did was called 23andMe because, you know, 23 chromosomes, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I've oh, seen yeah. the commercials for that one. Yep. Um, and let me tell you, it's it was interesting. Oh, so you got the results back. Oh, yeah. I already got the results back. Ancestry, I actually did that like a, like six months ago. And I really wasn't happy with what Ancestry, like I thought it was kind of limited. So I tried a 23andMe and I found out that I am like zero Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a category? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They said most people actually have some percentage. And you have no Neanderthal. I, so where did I you don't. come from? Like your snake oh, background or what? It came, uh, well, I mean, it's like obviously half of my genes came from Asia, obviously. My mom okay, is... All right. Definitely 100% Korean. <laughs> and on my dad's side, it's a mix between West African and Irish. So really? I'm podcasting yeah. with a mutt. Yeah, you're not kidding, man. Big time. I imagine there's at least two mutts in the room. I don't know if you're all pure and everything. Well, but... I don't know. I, I haven't put a sample in a cup yet, so I don't know what I am. <laughs> yeah. So and the thing I thought was interesting about it was that the 23andMe one especially, they kind of do a lot of surveys and pollings of people. And then what they'll do is they'll report back, okay, people with similar genetic answer yes to this question so you can see like wow 85 percent of people are close to my genetics have brown eyes or have sure or use this brand of toothpaste i mean it's just weird stuff like that that they I heard do. one time that the vast majority of people can trace their lineage back to genghis khan have you heard that because he was like yeah, i heard that, that would I, make I, sense didn't he rule like three quarters of right the known and, and, world and he was known for yeah. distributing his dna far and wide apparently <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of tubes that he spit in is that what you're saying <laughs> Yeah, he spit a lot. He was submitting a lot of ancestry (laughs) samples. Yes, he was. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. One thing I thought was interesting was that it does like this anonymous matching where it says that, hey, you two people should be related. Really? Or are related. (laughs) And they'll do is you could do like anonymous messaging between you two until you like decide, yeah, I want to talk to this person. I was going to ask, like, what if you're like related to your (laughs) wife or your girlfriend? That's kind of creepy. I don't think I want to know that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I I definitely want to know that. George, Mo is not from Alabama. (laughs) I'm not either. It's Kentucky. Get your hillbilly stuff right. But the thing was, it it matched me to my cousin. Oh, okay. Um, So I was sitting there. I was like, well, I'll be damned. I guess it's actually right. Yeah. So, that, so your cousin had submitted a sample. That's how yeah. they were in the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's the number one most interesting thing you discovered about your lineage that you didn't expect to? Do you know that like way back in the past, and the human race was almost wiped out? It was down to like a population of like a hundred thousand. Really? So because it's so small, so they could tell you which one of those families you come from, like of that hundred thousand. Oh wow! And everybody because like, there are only a few hundred descended like, from that hundred thousand. Okay. Like right. what street they lived on and what their address was, or what's their Wi-Fi password? Right. <laughs> I got a question for you, Mo. Yeah, what's up? I'm curious about trying this because it sounds fun. How much did it cost for the 23andMe and how easy was it question. to go through with the whole service? Super simple. Uh, it was, I bought it through Amazon actually. It was a hundred bucks hmm. for the test. All right. So a little pricey, you know, for some it of us. It is a little pricey. They send it to you. They send you a kit. You spit okay. to the thing. It comes with like a self mailer and it has like serial numbers. They don't really have your name. There's, everything's just based on serial numbers. So for privacy. Anonymity, right. And they, uh, you send it back and it took about three weeks. They have an app and they sent me a message saying, hey, your results are in. And I'm sitting there and it shows you like world maps and it said, here's the area from where you come from. And, you know, it was kind of neat stuff. That's cool. So not necessarily a novelty purchase, but definitely if you're interested in finding out about family history, the $100 sounds like it would be worth it. We'll put a link down in the show notes uh, with the link to Amazon. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it'll be an affiliate link, too. So if you're interested in trying out 23andMe, then uh, click that link down below. You'll learn about your history and you'll help GXG a little bit. It was interesting. I think well worth the time. Cool. I also have something techie that I've been playing with or I'm just starting to play with. Last weekend, I 
headed out to the flea market. And I enjoy them because it's like a thousand yard sales all in one place and God knows what you're going to find. Right. <laughs> yep. Especially if you have a really big flea market that's well Yeah, organized. we have several around here. It's really cool. And so what I ran across were two electronic board games, or electronic games, I'll say, from the very, very early 80s. Like one is like 1980 and one's like 82, I think. Wow. One of them is a handheld game called Split Second by Parker Brothers. Split Second? Split Second. Okay. Yeah. It's, Split it kind of looks like Merlin. Like the red cell phone yeah, kind of like the Yeah, look. it looks like a red cell phone kind of handheld thing like the Merlin. <laughs> like a cell phone from the 80s, though, not a current day cell phone. <laughs> right, right. And the other <laughs> one is called Electronic Detective, which is kind of like an electronic version of Clue or Guess Who or something where you got these Rolodex cards and you have to eliminate... Huh. Now, I don't know a lot about either of them. I'm just starting to research, but I had never owned either of them. There's no guarantee that either of them work. I was going to ask, have you tried them out? Do they? I paid five bucks a pop for each of them on a chance that they might work. We're going to take a look at them in an upcoming... I'm sensing a, a video on this subject. Coming. <laughs> I think it's going to spawn a few videos because uh, we're going to take a look at them, what they are, kind of, and then I'm going to try to restore each one of them, get them up in working order, and kind of give a tour of what the game was like. There was a lot of magic and charm in the 80s to having to have a game with electronic at all. And these were vaguely electronic. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a little beyond like the LED football, but it's not mm -hmm. much further than LED football. You know, it's really inter interesting. God, I remember that yeah. one. Those were some of, kind of some of the things where the first time I got to bring the arcade home a little bit. was with these little just handheld devices. And that was a big thing for a child at that age, in that time. This was like just injecting, you know, oh, the space age electronics into your board games a little bit, which is, <laughs> it, was, it was magic back then. And I can't wait to try oh, to yeah. get these guys back into their formal glory and get them working again if I can. That'll be nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So neither one were functional as far I as I don't you know. know. There was no guarantee of either of okay. them working. I'm going to find out if, if they work and if not, if I can get them working. They were an as-is purchase. Absolutely. Five bucks a piece. That's worth it. I mean, just for the nostalgia alone. Absolutely. $5. Yep, I mean, so that's my flea market find. I want to get an update, George. Way back in episode one of the podcast, when we were uh, talking a little bit about your predilection toward drones. Drone king! <laughs> drones! You had said that you kind of had burned out on the drone in a box. Yeah. You wanted to explore building your own racing drone. Like You buy the parts and you buy the, the goggles and the control and everything and build your own rather than just drone in a box. How's that coming along? Very interesting that you mention it because I guess it was about three weeks ago. I was looking through some stuff because there was a particular pair of goggles that I wanted to purchase. At their normal price, they were like $250 or $249, Hard something pass. like that. But invariably, <laughs> yeah, invariably they were $99 on sale, but I kept missing the sale. You can have one pair of goggles to work with all of your drones. So you don't have to get like your cell phone and stick it in the VR little plasticky thing. They have 40, 48 channels and you can cycle through them to connect to the receiver on the particular drone you want to fly that day. Oh, okay. You okay. also get one controller and that controller does a similar function so that you can use the same controller for multiple drones. So once you have the goggles and the controller, at that point, it's just buying new parts for new drones, trying different configurations, different model chassis bodies and different motors and power distribution systems. All right, so this is of. all really interesting, but I'm going to circle back and hold your feet to the fire and say, how are we doing 
on George building us a racing yeah, drone. Yeah, we went to the pieces yet? racing drone. This is a drone update. Where are you? Have you, have you gotten anything? <laughs> have you found it on sale? Where are you? I mean, you're still going to do it. Where are you at in the process? I found the goggles. They were finally on sale about three weeks ago, and I was sitting there for probably 10 minutes going, should I really spend $100 right now? <laughs> on a piece that won't I do mean, anything by I, itself, too. That's the pain. Like, you buy right. it, you put it on I the mean, shelf and wait for the next piece. You can turn them on, and you have static in front of your eyes, just like the old days in the 80s when the channels would turn themselves off at night yeah does it play the national anthem first or just go straight to static (laughs) no it just goes straight to (laughs) so i did buy them while i was there i had forgotten that i had placed in my cart all the different pieces for my first racing drone so with the stuff in my cart i said well you know what it's only about another 140 (laughs) dollars to get all the different parts in the controller that sounds like a bargain at twice the price so yeah it's just one more dollar exactly you should totally do it i went ahead and bought everything that was in my wish list on my cart i have slowly been getting them in all right so so on on the timeline of george's racing drone from zero percent i thought about doing it to 100 percent you're flying where are we at 75 75 all right really 75 75 percent the build's not going to take that long the build is very straightforward i'm really gung-ho about it and looking forward all right i can't wait to see that i'm going to keep you on task i'm going to circle back in a couple shows and get another update we better be on at least 76 percent by then (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna come back like where are you now make sure i keep filling out all my tps reports (laughs) that's right (laughs) sometimes you feel like a nut sometimes you don't so I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed the last couple of weeks, so I have like really nothing new that I've been playing. Um, how about you guys? You know, I have one new game that I've been playing the living crap out of. I've got to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Corey. In fact, it's the same Corey that we say, how many Corys do you get out of a game? Same guy. <laughs> so- <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. If Corey recommended it. He recommended it. it. You know it's got to be worth the value, right? right? Exactly. You know it's a value game. Well, a name like Corey, it's got to be good. (laughs) (laughs) He dropped me a message and he said, have you tried this thing? And I'm like, no. And of course, he sent me it as a Steam link. And I watched the video and I insta-bought. Really? And I I wrote him back and I said, thanks for costing me 10 bucks, Corey, or whatever it cost. So the game that Corey recommended is something I had never heard of, and I will bet each of you a dollar and a quarter that you've never heard of it either. It's called Juanito Arcade Mayhem. I owe you a quarter. I'll give you 50 cents, because I can't (laughs) even say that damn name. Yeah, and it's a weird name for what it is. So let me describe it very briefly. It's kind of an arcade-y game, a little bit, but a little more depth. The most important thing to understand is what made me buy it right off the bat. It is a throwback homage to classic like 80s and 90s video games how so mechanically it's the buster brothers you ever played the game buster brothers where these large balls bouncing and you fire shots and they turn into smaller balls and you fire oh okay i think i remember that it's a little arcade game called buster brothers but this one is you're a little kid named juanito and inexplicably you have an alien buddy okay the video game he's (laughs) playing gets infected by something and the alien says, no problem, Juanito. I'll just zap you into the game to fix it. So is this is this <laughs> E.T. Alien Buddy or Stranger Things Alien Buddy? It's more like um, Green Simpsons Alien Buddy. Okay. okay. Like he lives, right. in, he's, he lives in a little floating UFO with the dome over the top. Or Futurama Alien Buddy. And you're trying to extricate the game from this infection. And those are the balls that you're trying to destroy. And it's like different cartridges you go through. Their first one is, and they're cleverly named too, the first one's like called Russian Blocks. 
Well, that's Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of Tetris, right, right, is Russian blocks. And there's another one that's like called—I uh, <laughs> forget—it's like called uh, Ark of Droids or something. It's Arkanoid. Arkanoid, oh, okay. right? Ark of Droids. It's, it's a big cartoon, but you're not playing those games, but you're taking mechanics of those games. I'm with you. This feels like the guy who wrote Ready Player One created a comedy video game. Very close. I would say that's on the same par. A great example. I said you're bouncing balls. You have to shoot and destroy. Got that. There's a level that's called, uh, right. I think it's called um, Puzzle Dot Maze Eater or something. <laughs> it's Pac-Man. Oh, Pac-Man. Right? Yeah. Right. But, but the mechanic yeah. is you can only shoot okay. the balls right. after you eat a power pellet and they turn blue. Oh, so they're taking nice. a Pac-Man mechanic, but you're still playing this game. Okay. That's cool. I kind of like It's really that. neat. And yeah. it's like, I want to say there's like 10 or 12 cartridges. You have to finish the entire cartridge and get the level X award to get there's a level X cartridge at the end where you need all of the level X things. So finishing a cartridge, you're trying to cure the virus that's on exactly. the Exactly. You're trying to f- save okay. it from the, the infection <laughs> that it had. That's it's awesome. It's really cool. I've never really seen anything quite like it. I mean, the game itself is Buster Brothers, essentially. And I've also seen throwbacks. They try to, But it's not pixel art throwback. It's really high resolution kind of stuff. Very cartoony. But the fact that each kind of group of levels has an entirely modified mechanic based on the game, I would love to do a review of it. But what I'm discovering is when people do video game reviews, I feel that they should at least have finished the game on some level of difficulty. The other part of this game that's a throwback is it's freaking hard. Really? It's not easy on the normal difficulty. So uh, how much did it run? Yeah, I was going to ask that. I want to say... Sub 20, let's say 10, 12, 15 bucks, something like that. Okay, but Corey uh, obviously got his Corys out of it. I've already got my Corys out of it. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. I thought this will be cute. I'll spend 10 bucks. I might play it two or three times. But I found myself going back to it over and over and over, maybe because it's hard. And you want to get to that next cartridge. You want to see what the next kind of homage to your next favorite <laughs> game is. But it's well worth it. If you enjoy kind of like a throwback arcade style game, but with some more depth and kind of some throwbacks to any of your favorite games, you ought to check it out. The Crocklands, what's happening? Pop Rocks says bangs of the pipe. Pop Rocks. The sizzle lets you giggle. Pop Rocks. Taste that excite. Before we wrap up the show, you know, one of the things we love to talk about is what are the things that are coming out between now and the next episode that we're all just anxious for. I'm enjoying the stuff that's happening. You know? You know, there are shows <laughs> that are kind of out or about to go into a hiatus. I think we're suffering those doldrums of... It's Thanksgiving, it's the end of November, there's not a lot of stuff getting released, so I'm not really amped about anything happening. We got stuff in December coming out later in a few weeks. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody have anything that's coming right on the heels of the show between now and uh, the next episode? I don't. George, do you have anything? Yeah, actually I do. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, phew. <laughs> we saved the No need to delete this. Right. <laughs> One of the things that doesn't always cycle around the holidays are comic books. They don't adhere to the, here's the fall new TV shows, here's the winter break, here's the spring stuff. You know, they don't really adhere to that. It's just they come up as they come up, especially from a lot of our independent publishers. Oh, so comic books are more like, they're like clockwork. They're going to happen on a schedule. Yes. It's like videos being released on the Gen X Grown Up YouTube channel every Tuesday and Saturday. Rain or show. Exactly like that. Wow, what a good plug, man. (laughs) A little self-serving, but we're good with that. Yeah. All right, it's not the first time. So one of the great things about our independent publishers is they're always trying new things and new ways of doing things. You have your big two. You have Marvel and DC, and we've talked about a little bit of them earlier in the show. With the independent books, you will find that they come out with new stuff. Because they're independent, sometimes they do limited runs on series, and sometimes a series catches and they continue it. 
And one of those series that we've mm, okay. highlighted recently on Comic Sans is a series called Solar Flare from Scout Oh, Comics. that was in your pilot episode, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. I remember that. So yeah. Solar Flare was actually one of the very first things that got me back into comic book collecting. I met the author of Solar Flare and started talking with him. He was a super nice guy. He's been really instrumental in me getting back into the comic books, especially in the comic book scene. He told me about his book, and his whole concept for the book was to do it in the format of a TV story arc. So the books aren't issues, they're episodes. I remember you saying that. So I just picked up the latest comic book from Solar Flare last week, Season 2, Episode 1. Oh, so it's like a new season, new story, new chapter coming out. Exactly. And it's a great story. Just to recap a little bit, a solar flare has hit the earth, has knocked out all forms of electronics, communications, that sort of thing. There's a father who lives in South Florida who is trying to get to his daughter who was staying with her grandparents Mm -hmm. up north. Mm -hmm. And so he's now got to travel to go find her. Season two is him starting the journey. Season one was him getting organized and getting ready to go. They set off on the last issue. The last few panels were them leaving. Given how well this is being received and how well it's written, we will probably see a very long Walking Dead type journey (laughs) to find the daughter. And then I'm sure he has stuff planned for after that. I haven't talked to James in a little while. I purposefully haven't read it yet because I'm waiting to... Uh, share it with Chris, my Comic Sans co-host, uh-huh. because he was also a big fan of the book when we did episode one. It is bridging a generation gap between Generation X and I don't know what came after Millennials, but my son who's 14, I don't know if he's in the Millennial. Generation Y? No, no. no. But he said post-Millennial, not post-Gen X. Yeah, after Millennial. Oh, after Millennial. After Millennial, they're just all punks. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's they're how just I feel sometimes. <laughs> Whippersnappers. This is one of the few comic book series that he really got into. He wasn't into comic books until I started back on this journey. He's kind of irritated that I haven't taken it out of the sleeve yet. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's like, Dad, I want to read it. I'm like, no, first of all, this is a collector. I have to buy you a second copy so that you can read it in case you crease the corners or (laughs) anything like that. But If Dad can't read it, nobody can read it. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Sounds great, man. Oh, boy. If I could spell octopus, I'd eat it too, but I can't spell octopus. So have a good breakfast featuring Boast Alphabet Cereal. How do you spell octopus? There's an adventure in every bowl of alphabets. We talked about a lot of things. I really enjoyed the discussion, guys. So we need to put a bunch of links down in our show notes for everybody to take a look at. Hey, and everyone, be sure to hit subscribe on however you listen to this podcast. You know, whether it's through Pocket Cast, Google Play, TuneIn, or iTunes. And uh, speaking of iTunes, as we mentioned at the beginning, we're in the middle of our junk box giveaway. All you have to do is go to iTunes and leave us a review so other folks can find us and you'll be in the running to win the big junk box of geeky goodness that we'll be giving away December 7th. And your odds of winning are really good. <laughs> They're really high right now. Yep. And if you'd like to decrease your odds of winning, tell a friend about this podcast and have them go and give us a review. <laughs> odds are, if they're your buddy, they probably like the same kind of nerdy stuff that you like. If you're listening to us, maybe that's because you like us. Share us with a friend. And I can't believe that we didn't actually get to read a real listener email this week from our fourth listener. He was dropping the ball. So fourth listener out there, get back on your game and send us an email because we need to hear from you. We long for it. We live for it. We live and die by your words. Is he okay? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm nervous. And George, how can they reach us? They can reach us at podcast at genxgrownup.com. Hey, that's right. Hey, also, don't forget, you can visit us on YouTube 
or on our site, which is genxgrownup.com. Absolutely. Guys, thanks again for taking the time to get together. I always have fun discussing all of our uh, experiences over the last few weeks and recording another show. We will do this again in two weeks. And in one week, we will have another backtrack where our topic will be early computer games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's nice. so cool. <laughs> so until then, our listener will see you guys next week. And George, Mo, I'll see you next yep. time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Have a good one, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble! Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.